0: Culture, everyone. Pop my culture, pop my culture, pop my culture, everyone. It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Pop My Culture podcast. I'm Cole Stratton, and I'm Vanessa Redcliff. Hey V, how are you? I'm
1: okay. How are you?
0: Good. Great. Uh, we got a great guest today, you guys. Uh, he's one of the funniest stand-up comedians I know. Todd Glass is phenomenal. And we He's had a just wonderful chat. He's just a great chat.
1: person, too. Yeah. He's like such a good person. Yeah, I think
0: you guys will really enjoy this episode. There's a lot of interesting things that we cover and stuff, yep. so uh, we'll get to that in one moment. Just a tiny bit of housekeeping, not much. If you like the show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. Just
1: knock yourself out. <laughs> Say what you will, you cruel, cruel <laughs> people. <laughs> ah, that's right. Somebody went back on iTunes this morning and read the reviews.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, people can be jerks. That's but, fine. Uh,
1: uh, go so do it. Just yep. voice your opinion. It's america <laughs> uh,
0: you can also email us info at
1: popmyculturepodcast.com we
0: read them all we'll write you back uh guest suggestions or just say hi whatever yeah.
1: you want to do we get some really great uh letters from listeners and yes. most of you are like the nicest best people in the world
0: yep you bet so it's um, good to hear from you
1: we're also primarily listener supported and you can donate by going to our website
0: PopMyCulturePodcast.com.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a little donate button. You can click it and give any kind of amount you want to give.
0: Yep. And if you donate, we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.
1: A.K.A. the Golden Goose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but we thank you guys so much for taking time to listen to our podcast. Yes. Uh, we know you have your choice of podcasts. Somebody, thank you for choosing. so many to choose from. PopMyCulture. <laughs> uh, well, so let's just get to it, shall we? Yes, let's. Let's do this. Uh, Todd Glass, guys. Here we go. Woo! Uh, our guest today is a fantastic stand-up comic uh you may have seen him at well god pretty much any club if yeah. <laughs> you're in a town with a comedy club uh he's also the host of the todd glass podcast on the nerdist network the todd glass show ladies and gentlemen todd glass hi oh. how you doing It would have been weird if I had said somebody else after after all that you had my name wrong. The was weird. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for being here, Todd. You're welcome. I feel great. Today was a relaxing
2: morning for me because I made an executive decision. I usually get the gym out of the way in the beginning, but I decided to just sleep in and get up at like 9 and... Calmly get ready and just have time. When I was all dressed and shaved, I had an extra forty minutes, and I still stopped and still ran late a little. But you
1: what, have to, you have to do that, especially right. if it's been a like slow morning. Yeah, you're going to be late.
2: But it, but I, so I feel really good. This is if this is what you should feel like all the time. I think right. I feel rested.
1: I'm jealous of the way. Like I thought from the moment you walked in, I haven't felt like that in a long time. <laughs> you're kind of like glowy, and you look like. Relax.
2: I don't always feel that way. I'm usually, I'm always in a pretty good spirited mood, but I said, i all my whole life is running from post-it to post-it.
1: No, oh. <laughs>
2: like I think of something in the car and then I have to write it on a post-it and then I get in the house and I put it at my desk. And then when I'm in the shower, I have to say to myself, <laughs> okay, get, 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 put your vitamins on the dining room table. So when you leave, you'll remember them. And then it's just like running
0: around. I like to call days like this Fonzie days. Cause you give oh. them an A. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> it's a Fonzie day. Remember the Fonzie day? I used to have a joke
2: where I said, "You hear about now? You'll see the joke coming." But if someone did, I go, "Did you hear about this scheme?" Like. Uh, it's like one of those, they're selling like these leather jackets and they say they're not real. And my friend bought like a hundred of them because he thought he could resell them and it's like this, I guess it's like a Ponzi scheme or something. A Fonzi scheme. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Edit that out. I'm
0: done. That's it. You know, you can't follow stuff like that. out of here. Thank this is you.
1: our best episode ever. <laughs> Tom, our-, our ratings just went through the roof. <laughs> oh,
0: That, that
2: Fonzi joke. That's, it's a great joke for people that are a hundred.
0: <laughs> Weird. Pop My Culture this week is only two Two and a half minutes. So usually they're the like an hour, but I've heard. it was worth it. People
2: know who, uh, you, you know, I always, I, I should say dislike, not hate when somebody pulls. Like when I, I was, you know, I was 17 doing comedy and I remember being around comedians that were 30 and to me they were old and, but I never said anything like that. Like if I would say like, I don't want to be this age and not own a home, I would instantly think you're talking to a 30 year old or, right. you know, don't go, I don't, who's that? Don't take pride in your youth. Yeah, like it's not something it's not something you have to, you know, it's not like everybody remembers. It's not like you can go, well, you're just married because you were never young. No, I, I remember what it was like when I and um, when somebody goes, I don't know who that is. I'm only 19 and it's a comedian. I love going, well, you fucking should because you're a comedian. <laughs> you're bragging when you should be a little humble. Do you know who Abraham Lincoln is? Because I do. And I wasn't around then, so get the fuck away from me. I'm sorry, Abraham Abraham, Abraham oh, Poole. you know. Oh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, a long time ago, oh, Abraham he Lincoln. ended hatred. Oh. Uh, there's no hatred. Uh, there's no uh, There's no uh, racism anymore. He ended oh, he racism. Oh, oh. oh, he stopped it completely. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you guys didn't hear about that? No, no. that's so
1: cool. <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest
2: people in the world. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah, that's great. I noticed great. we
1: didn't have racism, but, but, but I didn't know why. <laughs>
0: You did notice that, though? Yeah. Oh, I totally noticed that. <laughs> I just always said why. Wait a second. I, everybody's getting along, and no one is upset with right. anybody. Oof. Abraham. Oh, thanks, Mr. Lincoln. Thanks, our elders. Um, well, let's start with talking about uh, Blurred Lines. Uh, the lawsuit is finalized. So, uh, so basically, the Marvin Gaye estate was suing Pharrell slash uh, Robin Thicke. Because uh, Blurred Lines sounds incredibly like uh, his song Gotta Give It Up. And uh, they ruled in favor of the Mermagee estate. So $7.4 million is what the two of them owe.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: $4 million in copyright and then like one point something for each of them in addition to that. So, uh, yeah. I wonder if creatively that must bother them
2: because they're being, insin- you know, they're, 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 being called, the uh, you know, thieves. Yeah. even if they didn't, is it, is it mixed? Who thinks they, does any, do most people think they didn't purposely do it still have to pay purpose or not, but do you think they purposely did it? I or? think
1: from what I've seen online, it feels pretty split of people that say like, Oh, come on, this is like a really slippery slope. I don't think they meant to do it. And people that are like, good.
2: I think as comedians and, and, uh, and, and I can answer that being really honest is that, I'm not. Believe me, it, it, when you, when comedians steal, it, it they do their own damage. The, the the community. You don't have to worry about it if someone mm-hmm. does your joke. They, they, their reputation will take care yeah. of themselves. But I will say this: um, thank God for your reputation. Because I mean, I'll say it about myself. Like, not only have I done jokes like other people. You know, where it's like, oh, they do that joke and I know I didn't see them. And then there's also times where I'm able to go, I think I might have been influenced by that. And Mm -hmm. you remember, go, no, get it out of your actor. Mm -hmm. But there's been times where not only has it been the same joke, and if the person's done it on TV, I'll be like, I'll write another joke, I get rid of it. But there's been times where me and Doug Benson had this bit once, and I was like, not only is it the same premise, but it's like, if we didn't both really care about love, you know, uh, like each other, love each other, know each other, I would have been like, it's it was done the same way It was exactly Mm -hmm. the same. And we both know we did. I think that happens sometimes. So I think you can't you have to just go in the person's reputation sometimes. And that and and now it happens again and again and again. Most comedians that have a rep for stealing. It's not because there was one incident that happens happens to and They just get
0: busted by one. Or You know, finally get busted on it. But like, yeah, I find it's like By the way, I apologize. That was the
2: worst explanation. I went on and on. I wasn't clear with my thought. And I apologize. At least the listeners now know. Okay, at least he was aware of it.
1: (laughs) Well, I think you just needed to work out this morning.
2: Yeah. I, maybe I you did. Know, did the workout. You're too relaxed. I'm sweating right for some reason all of a sudden. Maybe I get it worked up over but,
0: nothing. With comedy stuff, like... I think if something, especially if something's topical, I see a lot of people, like, you'll see the same joke. And some jokes write themselves, so to speak. Like, it's pretty obvious. And so you'll see a bunch of people that week doing basically the same bit Mm -hmm. on something topical. So that I get. What's weird is when it's something, like, so obscurely strange and off the beaten path. Right. Or or matching two things up that, like, it's so odd. Like, yes, I guess maybe that could be, like just random coincidence, and it does. hard. And it does happen for it sure. It does happen for sure. That's why, again, your, thank you, your your reputation defends you, you know? Yeah. I think with this one, though, like, it is, they are so close. It's basically the same hook. Like, that's hard. When, like, I mean, nothing is, everything's been done, so to speak. Like, pretty much every combination of chords has been done in some way or another, but, it's when it's so close. It's really hard to say. But the thing that irks me about it now is like now the Marvin Gaye estate is saying like, well, happy sort of sounds oh, there, like there. Uh, <laughs> this other song called "Ain't That Peculiar" that Marvin Gaye did. And so I was like, uh oh, here we go. Is he just stealing his entire songbook or whatever? And I just went and listened to that right before you shut up, and I was like, I don't really. This one I don't really hear. Right. Like the meter's well, sort also of the like same. You
1: could. I mean, we were listening to that and it's like, yeah, it sounds like it was influenced by Marvin Gaye, but I, it would be hard not to be, you know, like there's a style of music that kind of, it just has a...
2: I'm sure like comedians... Like, we can look at somebody and go... Like, like, And again, repeating what I said before, anybody over the years, and I never mentioned names, that had a reputation. Not because one, one person can accuse you of stealing. And in the beginning stages of your career that happens sometimes, they could be wrong. Just because one person or yeah. two, things yeah. happen where a person goes, hey, you took that joke. and But by the time someone has a rep for stealing, it's almost factual. They are. Yeah. You didn't get a rep. You, that's how you got your rep. Yeah. It's happened 20, 30, 40 times. I guess in music, it's probably the same thing. They probably look at their body of work and go... You know, it's okay if they have some songs that are maybe influenced, but do they have anything that is like, wow, that is a unique sound, and that buys them the reputation of going, well, they they were able to do that, maybe they were influenced, so musicians, I bet great
0: musicians are able to look at that and go, Oh, I know exactly what happened. He's been right?
2: doing
1: that for years. Yeah, are they yeah. here?
0: I mean, mm. we're not charging anybody for this podcast. So I feel like we can play a snippet yeah. of this and get away with it. Uh, this is Marvin Gaye's Ain't that peculiar and you know like again they say it sounds like happy, that mega huge smash hit.
2: Happy uh happy
0: like the meter's the same, cool. the feel's the same.
1: Yeah, and the clapping.
0: You know what you do? You. Yeah. Like it's not enough. Clap <laughs> along if you if feel you like happiness is a dream. Tap along a <laughs> dream. <laughs> But it's, okay. You can make a case, but I <laughs> feel like it's a little more like okay that maybe he was in. This would be a case of like oh you might have been influenced by the song right. yeah. because the the feel of it like the the meter is kind of the same, but the chord structure isn't quite there the hook isn't the same i don't know this this one would be a little tar- tougher for me well
1: i think that was a good parallel between stealing jokes and and the world of music because it is probably like people that speak that language musicians probably do know they, know. they do have <laughs> reputations and yeah. Can get a feel for it. So I would be interested to hear, I mean, I bet that community respects each other too much to really talk about it, but I would love to hear more I
2: know musicians'
1: it, opinions, you know.
2: Because they'd be able to say it like we can describe comedy. They'd right. be able to brilliantly break it down probably. Yeah, Same it, thing with, there's comedians that I always, like I always wonder like, comedians that like before my not before my time like you know Rodney's ear and all that I always would love to talk to a guy that's still alive to go was he respected or was he (laughs) like
0: and we know who was respected but there's some on the fence I want to go what did their contemporaries think of them Yeah. well also you got to think like just now everybody has little recording devices on them that they can record anything at any time and post it on YouTube or whatever so like if you steal material now, you get busted. Well, I'm thinking of so that. fast. Oh, but the back- groundling
1: sketch this year,
0: right? That I
1: did that ended up well, a, a very similar version ended up on SNL, and then that was like all over the internet. But it just happened because there were two videos out. But it like overnight went crazy viral. Yeah, so
0: uncomfortable. But like that's what happens now. Like I remember there's a thing like a year or two back where some dude was doing some Patton Oswalt bits yeah. on, on the road. And somebody recorded it, and he was like, dude, like that stuff gets out there. And then, you know, if you're an established comic too, you get pissed off because people are taping your sets and you're working out material and posting it. And you're like, it's not, I did it in a basement at this one place Mm -hmm. to try to work out material. I don't really want this out there. This isn't my Comedy Central half hour, like that kind of thing. But like, I just wonder back in the day, like, you know, in the 80s or whatever, when the stand up boom was happening and stuff like that too, how much material was being stolen then, but no one could, it was all hearsay. Oh, I think it was happening. I mean, you know, like like everybody, if you're,
2: you know what a thief thinks. See, this is what I think they forget, or people that lie in life. You know what I mean? They always forget. You're not saying you never did it. I, I could say when I was 16 years old. You know, you have a different relationship with stand up comedy, and then as you hopefully. As you start growing, you have a different relationship, and that relationship part of that relationship is you don 't get any joy out of taking someone else 's joke, yeah, so I know what it 's like I, I know what was in my head. you think oh no, one 'll see or you know, 're just delusional. So when comedians today go, why would I take someone else's joke? Uh, because you shut up. That's not the excuse. Yeah. Because right. you would, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. You 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 just uh, so back then. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah. When I, there was like uh, when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, you, then you reach an age where you go, you know, and I don't really get any joy telling someone else's joke. But there were comedians like there was there was a comedian. I don't still want to say his name, but like he didn't know we were there, and it was like. At a, at a um, Like a, uh, a One nighter You know a bar show Yeah And uh, we saw him And we're like Wow He did like Like exactly We're in the back of the room We're like wow And you just got away With that stuff mostly Because you're right there, No one He no did one. all
1: of like no. Another person Another person One person Zach.
0: Uh, yeah. well, uh, it was a medley. <laughs> it was a medley.
1: <laughs> a little smorgasbord. When okay.
0: I uh, when I was at San Francisco State, one of the elective classes you could take was like intro to comedy or whatever. So I was like, oh, I got to check this out or whatever. The Art of Comedy, that's what it was called. And one of the projects you could do was to do three minutes of original stand-up as like your final or whatever. So I chose that. There's a handful of us that chose it. Now this class is like in a 300- person lecture hall at 9:45 in the morning on like a Tuesday which is prime comedy time as you know <laughs> and so uh you know, I, and at that time I was hanging out at the old Cobbs Comedy Club in the cannery at, all the time back then. And so I went and I worked really hard on trying to put together some sort of act, you know, for this thing. And so I was like third of that day, right? And the first two people like tanked hard. Like there was just no joy in this room whatsoever. And so then I did my stuff and like got some laughs and kind of perked them up a little bit and mm-hmm. felt pretty good about what I did, you know. The guy after me goes and destroys, kills, but is total, I know he's stolen his material. And like the teacher at the time was like, I, I, you know, this Larry Eilenberg who's like a pretty respected guy. I know it's comedy community up there and was like, I know people's stuff. Like <laughs> if you steal a bit, I will fail you. Like I, you can't do that. So, and I had just seen Arch Barker a couple nights previous. And this guy did an Arch Barker joke that I recognized, which was just like word for word, which was like, you know what I hate? It's like in the morning when your alarm goes off, I just really hate that. Like, that's all it is. Like a simple little joke. And like that got a big, and then I was just like, my God, he's fucking Arch Barker joke. And I was like, what do I do in this scenario? It was like, this dude's killing on an audience that I effectively sort of warmed up a little bit. He's going to get an A because he's destroying it. I got like a B plus or something, which is fine, but whatever. Did you rat him out? No, I didn't rat him out, but I went up to him and I went, Hey man, nice set. Love the Arch Barker joke. And he turned white as a sheet. And that was it. Like, I just left it at that. Yeah. It was like, Whoa. I know what you did, but I'm not going to rat you, you out. <laughs> so he got his A or whatever. Like, there's no, he got away with it in the class structure, but it made him really nervous. So I felt free. I think I handled it all right. But yeah, there's just like that whole thing of like, what the shit, man? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ooh, if there was somebody that just came into a room in the night and started hissing that they know what you did. I would yeah. admit everything.
0: I know what
2: you did.
1: Wait, which thing? <laughs> which thing? Which <laughs>
0: thing? Tell me which one. I don't want to start spilling my beans. Yeah, oh, and that student, Robin Thick. A lot of people oh. didn't know that. Oh, he wait. was scabbed. Did
2: you, did you see what you just said? What? Robin Thick. that's the same guy with the no. song. Shot oh, my up. God. How did that happen? How could you guys not? <laughs> what the? Oh, God, you guys.
0: Uh, all right. So, blurred lines. That's done. Uh, let's talk about Harrison Ford crashed another plane. His third.
1: Whoa, so I didn't he's know that. a
0: trilogy of plane crashes. Is now. this his third? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's his third, and we're still letting him fly. Well,
1: how does that <laughs> work with a pilot's license? Don't they at some point be like, mm, it's a better idea? Well,
2: they don't take your license away.
1: When you crash cars or anything. Hey, maybe, should we start thinking about
2: that? I know, it's the minute you say that, I'm like, wait Why don't we,
1: like, check up on people And be like, you know, you're real bad at even this Even if you're not drunk No, you if know, you're just a bad driver yet.
2: If you're just a bad driver, you can get in, like, probably Geez, I bet there's more inter- I bet there's more to that I bet if you kill somebody
1: yeah, Or that. hurt
2: somebody or, or
1: But there should be sort of a tally of, like Oh, you've gotten ten fender benders in four years So we're taking your license away
0: yeah. just the inconvenience he put on those golfers. <laughs>
1: was it just him?
0: It was just him, yeah. He's okay now, though? Supposedly, yeah. He. Uh, well, at first, of course, because all the media outlets jump to conclusions really quickly. Like, the first things were like, Hairs are like, Harrison Ford in critical condition after things. And I was like, oh, never mind. He's just getting a couple stitches. Like, where did you, how did you make that mistake? Well,
1: I think you hear a plane crash and you think, well, let's write the story. I don't think people are really fact-checking right now.
2: Sometimes what they'll do is, at the news, it's almost a parody of, like, you know, you would think it would be a parody. Like, if you go to parody, I don't know how you would. They will literally go, like, you know, we're standing outside a hospital. This is not the hospital where Harrison Ford is. But in this situation, if this would have happened in Austin, the ambulances would have come into this door right here. It's like, I've literally seen something like that. Like,
0: really? Like... You know, we're standing at, you know, stop it already.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It would go a little something like this. It's the equivalent
0: of a stand-up comedian going like, what if Robert De Niro was in The Wizard of Oz? I think it would go a little something like this. It's like hacky journalism.
2: Isn't that funny that that, like, I mean, all comedy, as it rolls around, you know, like fashion, it'll look dated. It doesn't mean it was when that comedian did it. Just, you know, we move on. But, like, sometimes it's so formulaic. And I can't believe that was ever okay to do. And it was. It went a little... Like, we're not exaggerating. No, like, no. The, you know the tone. Like, you yeah. just did it. That's not a parody of what they did. And it went a little something oh, like, like then this. Turn and then around, they would
1: turn, turn around back.
0: <laughs> With no facial, like, it, the no changes. And the audience knows,
1: like, oh, we're yeah. being taken somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Turn around,
0: and you're like, got to clean the
2: palate. And they would have any excuse. It's, me, th- here's a good one. I would like to, because I didn't know. I'm saying, oh, back then, that was okay to do that. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe a guy, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of someone that's, you know, they're not... Like, maybe Gary Shandling would know. He probably had guys doing that when he was starting out. And, uh, you know, when they would do, like... Recently, I was a Hollywood celebrity party. And they would just have an excuse to go from one impersonation oh. to the other. Yeah. And people were handing the marijuana around. Here you go. And they would say the person's name when they handed it to them. Here him. you go,
1: Robert De Niro. <laughs> what? Oh,
2: I was just, Here you go, Robert yeah, De Niro. De Niro right? Right? Hey, Robert. Hey, oh, this blood is good. Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh god yeah cause, i mean it I mean, still works I, on
1: me it may be dated but it's a formula yeah, i love i like it so
2: good <laughs> all three a I minute mean, i like
1: it too. it's really playful
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> why does everything have to be so mean-spirited i tell you yeah i, I love i love impressions i'll watch them all day long but like oh. you got to do it in a f- way that's Funny and not the same for people that we've seen. Everybody, everybody can do a Nicholson sort of. Everybody does a walk in now, sort of. Like you got to either really excel at those guys or do somebody different or something different. I'm
1: going to say I don't love impressions.
0: What? Whoa! I just dropped a bomb. I'm so awed by
1: people that can do it
0: well. I you don't love impressions? Catherine Hepburn.
1: (laughs) I love my Catherine Hepburn.
0: (laughs) I like them if they're done creatively. Yeah.
2: I like them if they're done creative, But
1: you know how there's just, like, reels of people doing impression after impression, and they're so good at it? I just... I All I can think about is, like, wow, they're doing that. But did I can't get to the laughing.
0: Did you see the thing where the guy did, like... All these different voices. It might have been like in a Disney song or something. And then like, turns out he didn't do the yeah, voices. Like yeah. it was revealed later. They're like, I just lip sync. Did these other people that did it? And I was like, What did you? Yeah, he- a
1: guy does fifty impressions in two so- minutes or something.
0: Right. And yeah. then nope, I really didn't. And I was like, What did you? What were you hoping to gain from? Well, that? he
1: did gain it. He, he got, did. But like, like
0: look, I'm a fraud. Like <laughs> Last cool. joke on me. I-, <laughs> I think it's an impersonation.
2: Like we when I was uh, when I've been in Vegas, I went to see an impersonator, and they were like over two hundred and. Impersonations But I mean the audience Has to be like At the youngest 50 to get them you Yeah know? right. And just because You remember it It doesn't mean It's in your head still So yeah I, I think I remember that You're gonna do Like you know And he was doing like Miss Piggy <laughs> And Kermit the Frog But to me It's like Only the impersonation If I I shouldn't have tilted it But if I just went Who am I doing Oh uh, hello there Yeah this is But they go Kermit the Frog here Oh yeah Oh Kermy You know And we just have to be like
1: Yeah, I know that.
2: He's doing like Ralph Cramden, and he's uh, you know, (laughs) hello there. I'm like anybody (laughs) could do those. And plus, they have the soundboard. They're putting every impersonation has a different bass, and you know, this guy, and then and the music. They start applauding even before he does the impersonation. He goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Willie Nelson, and you hear... Dun, 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 I love du, Willie Nelson. It's well, just the music. Why are you applauding for that? We <laughs> saw
1: at the Magic Castle the only kind of impersonation I've ever mm. liked, uh, which was, his name was Hans somebody, and it was like their main stage show, which is always really campy. But the guy comes out, and it was like, Hans so-and-so, the lights dim, and a spotlight goes on his hands, and he did like 30 minutes of just... Finger puppet impressions.
2: This <laughs> like is the, not the Comedy Magic Club, but the Magic Castle. No, no, Castle. the
1: Magic Castle. Yeah. He was a magician that just did shadow puppets
0: the whole time. Oh, wow, that's super niche. Yeah.
1: It, <laughs> they didn't talk or anything. It was just like, but the music would come on, so you would know, like, oh, that's Humphrey Bogart. And people were like... <laughs>
0: Of your silhouette,
1: silhouette from Casablanca, and then like it would be like Big Bird, and they play the Sesame Street music, oh. it, but there was no mm. vocals. It was the most bizarre.
2: I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: see me at the Magic Castle. Me and you both there. Yeah. I didn't want. I, I, didn't I want like to it. Yeah, <laughs> I was when just the testing the water. Started <laughs> passing around a joint. And we got to know what it was like for all of them.
1: <laughs> the hand turns around. So great. And It's a different hand.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it's like He had three hands <laughs> <laughs> You guys feel the same way <laughs> Oh god Should we talk about The dress I guess we should I don't I Wait, just what's, to say it, that sentence Is that there a dress debacle There was The dress that broke, broke the, the internet A couple weeks ago Oh
2: the collar Okay mm-hmm. good I was like if you yeah, Why
0: was that. that such a oh, I don't know So it was a dress That was either White and gold Or black and blue uh, for whoever just got out of a coma and is tuning into this podcast to see what happened <laughs> You're the last so two weeks. you so lucky. Yeah. Uh, and it just blew up everybody's Facebook and Twitter feeds like crazy. And this massive debate started on an optical illusion, which most of the time was like people altered their settings in Photoshop on the photo and either brought the contrast or the brightness up or down, which really pushed it one way or the other. Um, and I was one of those weirdos who was like I see olive and blue I don't see oh, no. Whatever Which is what it really is Now that I forget Can you pull it up Because I remember What I thought it was
1: I Yeah I You got it Okay
0: But again Like it depends on Like the Like
1: Well I mean There's no point In even are. talking about yeah. Like I think the It was so exhausting Somebody texted me like Have you seen this And it was like Before it had blown up Like there was like A two hour span Where it was starting to trickle yeah, and then uh, it was interesting for the first second, but then it was like everyone cares. I was so surprised. Every different walk of life decided to care about this dress.
0: Yeah, it got pretty big. What I we started to get annoyed dress. with is like, can you guys all stop like retweeting the link to the dress? Like it's out there. Like I don't need to see okay, it anymore. Okay, so uh,
2: you know, I think yeah, I think uh, uh, olive green and white. Really? Yeah, yeah it could be tan and white, but but. Olive green and white Or tan and white That's it
1: <laughs> That's 100% it It's gold and
2: white I mean that, not, I'm saying that's not What it is I'm saying yeah. it's my mind in my No
1: mind. I know To me it's like Only gold and white
2: See I, I never saw this white. Is I guess The
1: fascinating thing I you always know, saw the so blue sure Of their conviction Wait
2: that other color Is blue to you Yeah Oh it is It is Isn't sort not,
1: of It's like We're <laughs> <laughs> like Oh I get the No I get no not it is blue It
2: is weird that we no, see yeah Well pull up some Is there any other did, did anyone bother To pull up any dress And see if there's A different variation Of what color it is or is well, it just that? that's
1: a that? good idea.
2: What if we do
0: that? We're like, yeah. oh, wait a second.
1: What is this? And, like, we realize that all of our it's, colors are always different. Yeah,
2: and
0: just, we just pick that one thing. I want to start, like, just tweeting those magic eye photos and be like, oh, my God, you guys. There's a dolphin on here. Does <laughs> anybody else see it? That phrase, too. Yeah, that was a thing.
1: Like, all those, those magic eyes. I remember I felt very proud that I could always see the picture. Like, you screw up your eyes a little Oh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that so, are people still making books of those? Or is the internet too too put that to them? too much
2: work for down? me. no payoff.
0: <laughs> no <laughs>
1: payoff? Have you ever seen a dolphin come out of nowhere like yeah. that?
0: Yeah, the ocean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but who
1: wants to drive to the ocean? Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just like stand on the beach and stare at the waves. I can't see him. I can't see them, you guys. I'm trying. I'm going to get a cross brace on
1: this one. Yes,
0: thank you. Yeah, it's gotten a little got warm a little in here. A lot too. Well, the yard workers are now gone, I believe. So I think we're okay as far as the sound goes. There we go. Oh, feel that ocean breeze in the middle of Hollywood where there's no ocean breeze. Some days when I'm, it's such a beautiful day, I'll feel bad bad for my parents
2: because it's so cold in Philadelphia and they're letting the dogs out and it's bitter cold. And then I have to remember, they choose to live there. (laughs) You know, I have to remember they can live anywhere they wanted. You know, I don't care they choose. And they don't have a, and I still will never get why everybody in cold climates doesn't have a self-starting car. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't concept it. If I live there, I don't. I even ask my parents. I go, "Why don't you have?" Well, sometimes we pull our car in the ground. You never get an answer. There is no answer. That's why. <laughs> and I stopped asking it because the answer is, I, there is no answer. And I know there's people listening to your podcast right now. Hey, if you can't afford it or it doesn't work, I get it. But there's a lot of people. You, all you have to do is press start. Let your car. Hey, if it's environmentally friendly, maybe it isn't. That's not the point right now. <laughs> let it run for half an hour. You walk out to. It takes out a lot of the sting of a cold, gross day when you can just at least walk out your front door, your car is warm, the snow melted off of it. You know, you just have to turn the heat on. No, you have to turn the heat on when you get out of your car at the end of the day. So when you start it from inside, the heat starts blasting. And a lot of times the heat will just melt right off. You don't even have to. Or if you go push it off, it just slides right off. (laughs) No, there's people out there starting their car sitting in it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. For what? For nothing.
1: So they can
2: suffer So they can suffer I don't, And I know There's people listening right now Going I know I should It's not a little better It is a game changer so
1: the, For every day That it's snowy yeah. Your life is better Your life is better You make your better. life better every day Yeah Nope You'd rather just wallow in it
2: You go well I guess people think Well it's a, it is a little better No it's not there's something wrong with you hello hello
0: (laughs) what if robert (laughs) de niro had a self-starting car (laughs) (laughs) that was him pressing
1: the button and it was a very de niro (laughs) face
0: (laughs) 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 so you've been doing doing. stand-up for over 30 years i know um how did you get your start what was your first gig do you remember Stealing well, jokes at 16? Yep.
2: <laughs> I went down to, uh, well, there was a, a, not every little city had a comedy club then. Like now, you know, pretty much yeah. Dallas, Florida, Denver, New York, you know, well, New York and L.A. would, but those little, c- and uh, my friend went down to a comedy club, and I didn't even know what it was. I really had no idea when he said, my friend Albert Nalabotsky, he, he said, we went to this comedy club, and I knew, he knew I loved stand-up. We both knew that, and I was about maybe 16 at that point and um or 15 maybe and um i said i want to go with you next week and we did we went and as i was driving there i remember thinking or walking up the stairs to the club is this like college students telling jokes because i didn't know like of course now i know that there's different levels of comedians that you you might not be a household name but that also does not mean you're a college student telling yeah. jokes yeah yeah these were guys making a living doing comedy but they weren't household names yet some of them oh we saw that guy on the tonight show Or, oh, that guy's on a show Mm -hmm. called Make Me Laugh. We would start recognizing people. Remember when we saw Paul Reiser, he wasn't a household name, but me and my friends were like, oh, he's in that movie Diner, Mm -hmm. you know? So we start seeing a lot of stand-up comedy, and, and it was, I mean, I saw like Paul Reiser, Jay Leno, Jerry Seinfeld. And by the way, I was talking about this a few months ago. If you want to know how long those guys have been making a lot of money, before Jay Leno or even Jerry Seinfeld had their TV shows. Uh, And, I, you know, you get mushy with the years, but I remember at this point I did stand up and worked at the comedy club. So I would, like, see their checks. I would always go into the drawer where the checks were and look at them. Mm. And, like, Jay Lem, I I remember, and it was a special event even then, like in 84, maybe, 85, could be, right in that vicinity. And he made, like, it was, like, 20,000. At the week, you know, not Whoa. a week, but a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Jay Leno made like twenty twenty five thousand oh dollars, and and J- and Jerry Seinfeld the same thing. They were both special events even then. Wow! But we'd see like you know Stephen Wright and Richard Lewis and uh, Rich
0: Hall and you know just so many great Gilbert Godfrey and all these guys that got boosts from either Tonight Show or the HBO Young Comedian Specials. So too. The,
2: that was a big one. Then yeah. we'd,
0: we'd recognize them
2: from those things, or we just didn't know who they were. I would say the majority of the time when we went. We didn't go to see anybody particularly. Ninety percent of the time, once in a while, we would go. Oh, we would know who it was because they would say, hey, next week, this person is going to be here in t- a month. Most of the time, we just trusted the owners. We just he had great comedy. So we kept going back. And uh, then you hear that, hey, Wednesday nights are open mic night. And uh, I went once and didn't go up. And then I went the second time uh, about a month later and went up. And did I actually did really well, but that happens a lot sometimes this first time weird luck, yeah. then after that thing goes so well, but um I never stopped, I never stopped, and I was addicted to it
1: so you already knew you loved stand up just from watching
2: yeah things. I was you know you, as you get older, you can like you can sort of make sense of things you didn't make sense of what you were going yeah. through you're like oh, and I definitely think now as I look back it you know for having really bad dyslexia and not i don't understand a lot, like I remember sitting in school. Now I even understand why I was able to have this thought, and I remember thinking nothing's penetrating.
1: Hmm.
2: And you can't be—what's, for lack of a better word, to explain it—you can't be stupid and sit there and go, "I'm not." Nothing is penetrating, right? Right. Like math and reading and nothing. Like why is nothing penetrating my head? Like <clears throat> so. I think when I found stand-up, it was like I got this, and before I even did it, I understood when comedians talked. Hmm. It made sense to me. I was like, yeah. oh, they made, I get it. The way they talk, well, because it's clean.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: clean. They, that's their job to, you know, to make it Concise clean and, and funny and precise. Yeah. And, and uh, even talk radio I loved because, like, my dad would listen to it in the car. And I understood those guys, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there were all these characters, and, you know, from, from from seven to nine. Or, and we we'd drive home, we listen to other people. Some were funny. Some would start screaming. Mm-hmm. But I was addicted to talk radio. Oh, wow. I was addicted to it. I really liked it. Even if I didn't know what they were talking about, I still love listening to them. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And that's so interesting, like in conjunction with having learning problems and things to find that language that you're like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. And then did you become obsessed so quickly?
2: I did. I I went every single week. I would be leaving the Friday eight o'clock show, and some of my high school friends, or maybe a year after he graduated at this point, but and then they would be coming up the stairs because you would be leaving Mm -hmm. uh, the second audience that had lined up the stairs to come into the late show, and I would go, "Oh, I'll go. I'll go." And I would get in line with them, go watch the same show. Oh my gosh! And it was it was pretty cheap to see shows. I think it was like eight bucks or something. Wow and uh and and they were just great shows it was just it was it was you know because stand-up comedy really is like if good stand-up comedian you get a lot for your buck. Like mm-hmm. a yep. movie, if it makes you laugh, a great movie, but a good comedian, how many laughs? Hundreds yeah. of like really good laughs.
1: That return to you afterwards, too. Like a movie is more like you laugh in the theater or when you watch it, and then you might think about that bit, but like a comedian kind of gets in your head.
2: That's great because it mimics some of the things that we're dealing with in life. You're right. So yeah. it's reoccurring the next day, literally, you know, you might see 10 things where you're like, oh, that's the bitty did. That's, day. that's yeah. the he did. Yeah.
0: So it's it was very addicting to me. I mean, addicting. I loved yeah. it. I, I loved it. I mean, I was definitely a bit of a club rat in the late 90s when I was in college and stuff. And I would go to Cobb's all the time because my friend Ben Mayer worked at the desk at Cobb's forever. And so, and Tom and I are friends or whatever. So they just let me in, you know. So I would go and watch these, you know, these showcase shows or the, the stuff or whatever. And you learn so much. Like, it really like can influence your comedy tastes and your sense of humor going forward and stuff like that, too. And, you know, I see amazing people that, you know, would headline there all the time. Brian Regan was always like one of my favorites to watch because that guy you never, you'd never realize that like he didn't swear at all. Like his act is totally clean, and you never like notice that. But then when you do, you're like, oh, that's pretty amazing that he doesn't need to like color his punchlines. Although I have an interesting take on that.
2: My yeah. old way, well, my old way. If somebody said something like that and you you felt like it this way, I I think maybe, but but it it could sway you a little. And I think sounds weird. I'm saying I think Brian agrees with this. That sometimes people will say, like you're saying, like, um, that, uh, and you give them a little extra credit for being clean. You know, you're like, and it's clean, which is just a little bit harder. I'm not saying, you know, but it's hard to be brilliantly funny. And if you give somebody a little credit for being, you know, clean, that you're saying that. I love Richard Pryor and I love George Carlin. I'm not saying I know they're great, but you got to admit, I'm not, I know you're not literally yeah. saying this, but yeah. subconsciously, or not, that's not the word subconsciously, indirectly, you're saying, and notice I'm even saying, no, 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 I get it, Richard Pryor. Mm. Those guys were brilliant. I get it. But you got to admit they took the little easier road mm. being a little blue. So I think it's just. That's not... It. You don't get any credit. You just get credit for being un-fucking-believably funny. Yeah. funny. I hear that. Because if you're... It's just as hard... To, some people would say it's... Now, if you talk about just... Oh, what's the word? Uh, unnecessarily dirty. You're just cursing a curse. Yeah. But, okay, we're not talking about that type of blue comedy. That's just, you know... But there's clean tricks, too. Yeah, totally. Anytime you reach into your bag... Of, there's, there's a clean comedian. He's either brilliantly clean because all his ideas are fresh and different and unique. And, mm-hmm. and then there's also clean comedians that go into those bags... Clean tricks, just because there's no curse words in them. And I think the dirty tricks are, yeah, maybe you overuse the word fuck or you just dirty for no reason. But if you're comparing brilliant clean to brilliant, I don't even like to say dirty, even though I do, too, I say dirty. But you wouldn't look at a picture of an art artwork. Of some you a nude, go, you would that's never a go dirty. Out, you know, I love dirty. Artwork. You know what I like about uh, his know.
1: paintings? They all wear clothes, and yeah. that's <laughs> harder to do. But you never see a nipple.
2: I mean, and it's beautiful. I mean,
0: Magritte did tits so well. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, no, well, no that's I a mean, great. That's a great point. That's a great point. That like I, you know, you're brilliant in whatever medium you choose. It's right. you know, yeah. Totally. Some people, I I say don't
2: judge, you know, just it's all. But if someone said, no, I want it. I go, I don't want to. I just think you heard what I said. But if they go, no, we want which one's harder. I go, well, then I got to maybe say the blue. Mm -hmm. Dealing with personal blues, uh, uh, intimate uh, subjects. But I just think it's like Brian Regan. People always make fun of me because they're like, Brian Regan, Brian Regan. But I'm upset because that guy, man, he sets... He sets the standard for how I want to perform. You know, I want to, you know, the, the, the doing that well. Yeah. That's why I like to go see comedians like him because it inspires me to go. Yeah. That's what you should be doing. I love when he, someone said, if he goes, he didn't say this like on a radio interview or anything, but they go personally, they go, Brian's not very, really happy with the shows unless the crowd's exhausted after he's done, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, and I know what he means. I I, I, I want to I wear mean, him I, out. Yeah, yeah, he wear because he wears me out. But yeah. you know who yeah. else? I say this on
0: every place I can because I think everybody – Eddie Pepitone for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eddie's – that's why I think Eddie's so good at things like set list where like – and that's the show where like you don't know what you're going to be like riffing on. Like it pops up behind you and it's very specific sets because otherwise you might have something that plays into there. All he does is he takes like an emotional – Viewpoint on it
1: Commits Commits like crazy Like oh you know what else I can't stand This thing
0: pops up And like he just Hammers it home In a way that's like So good That he kills me too And you know what It's he, He did my podcast Last week, and you know what sometimes people say,
2: my face hurts, and you go, you know you think for a while like oh that's just an expression, but then you go, "Oh my God, my face really hurts yeah. Yeah. my stomach, I literally was holding my stomach going i can 't take it anymore huh. and at the same time I'm going, i 'm going, who gets to have this experience life can't this is the best feeling in the world. Nothing is better. this is a massage for the insides, the outsides, and I, I really think this like I think what he does. I mean 10 years ago Eddie was funny still but he he wasn't been on the road a lot so he really you know he did sets but now cuz Eddie's pounding the pavement Eddie goes out and does an hour or whatever he wants to do and he annihilates the whole time I think it's it's just great stand up yeah. it's theater it's art I think it's just everything and it's I, am
1: improv. Amazed. I mean, it's improv and it's
2: improv yeah. it's yeah. and you watch it and you're like wow he just shreds my insides I thoroughly love just going to see his show. I will sit there the whole time. And you know what? To me, the biggest compliment is, is like, if you go to see a show and 90% of the time you're paying attention, that's pretty good. That's That'd pretty be- good, 10% yeah. of the time, maybe you think about your own life. Yeah. Or this. 100% of the time, when I go see Eddie, Aww. I'm not thinking of life. I'm just... When I enter, when I leave those comedy club doors or
0: wherever I'm watching him and you go back outside, you're like, oh, I forgot about Where this. Where was I? Yeah. See, I would love to see Eddie like, co-headline with Ron Funches to go the exact other side of the spectrum. Oh, yeah. Because Ron kills me. Like, he takes the air out of the room better than anybody I know and he takes his time with it and then when the punchline hits, it just destroys. And but it's he,
1: so casual and It's sneaky. so
0: casual I and this, so
2: lovable. I say he's a... I told Ron, I go, you're a quiet storm. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. a quiet
0: storm.
1: He makes it look so easy and accidental. Like it always feels like he fell into an accident, and it's because it's so well done. Andrea. And he's so, so endearing.
0: Like I feel like yes. one of the major I things, agree. one of the the easiest ways to have your material go even better is just get it, establish a rapport with the audience. If they like you, they want to come along with you on the journey. There's people that have brilliant material but are off putting as people, and they'll start to do their material, and people are like, I don't, I don't know because I don't know if I'd want to get a sandwich with you. Like there's that kind of yeah. feeling to it. Yeah, yeah, And some of those people end up being writers because the material is great, but they just can't relate. The audience can't relate with them or whatever. I think that goes a long way when you're personable. I agree. I I definitely agree. Ron's a good example of that. There's some great – I like to say this all the time because I complain a lot.
2: So I purposely, when we stumble upon talking about other comedians, always like to say I spend more time talking positively about comedy than I do complaining. So there might be people that don't complain as much as me. But they're also don't get as excited as me when it's yeah. great. Yeah. And guys like Ron, there's so many great comedians in the last five, six years. It's like in a great place. I yeah. like, you know, guys like Ron and Rory Scovel and Ian Carmel and, you know, it just, you know, uh, Rob Gleason And there's so many comedians now. You're It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. You know, you go to like the melt uh, and you see these guys. You're like Wow. There's so many new funny people, you know. It's exciting.
1: And so many different kinds of funny right now too. I mean, I'm sure I know there's always been, but it feels like you have a better chance of going to a show and seeing like really earnestly unique viewpoints right now. Mm -hmm. Which is it's I don't know, it is really exciting. And since being in LA, I've gotten to see kind of like what you were saying when you were starting to like come up in comedy. You've seen people that you'd never heard of and then they suddenly become huge. And like you get to watch them. grow and like come into themselves in this powerful way. And it's so exciting as an audience member to like find that joy in somebody and then see like, they can give that joy to everyone. <laughs> They're yeah. a power. Well, it's like,
0: I don't know if we'll ever see a comedy boom like there was in the 80s. Like, that was ridiculous. But I feel like we're starting to get back into no, it. No, something is
1: happening well, right let, now. Let me, let
0: me, and, and I was around then, so it's not,
2: it would be different. I couldn't say this if I was 22, because then it just comes off bitter apples. But I will say this about this era versus that era. Now, I'm not saying in the 80s there weren't the great comedians. I listed a lot of them. Yeah. But I think it's a more of a creative boom. Than it was then, uh, yeah. because you know you could go well, Todd. Whenever you look back at an era of comedy, it's always going to look dated. And mm-hmm. no, the '80s was the worst. Again, we're not talking about the brilliant guys that, yeah. that were there, but the '80s to me was the worst. If you go back and look at the '50s you know and you look, watch yeah. it, some of the comedy a lot of it you're like wow or the 60s or 70s but that 80s to 90s you know I mean, you, you see a lot of like the board formulaic was just
1: like, like the yeah. clothes it was, everything it was, was the just
2: start, like we were in a weird place it was the
0: start of like comedy clubs being a thing like that was like it was a thing where people could actually make money and, and work the road or whatever and it was the start of cable television and stuff like that too so like there was people were buying material like there was potentially jobs outside of also touring mm-hmm. that were popping up so i feel like the boom in the sense that like comedy became kind of a marketable thing yeah like which yeah was monetized in a way yeah. that like and now it's different because you have all the online stuff right. all these avenues are opening up for people but people are allowed to try different weirder more creative stuff because everything is has a network now everything is looking for content so if you can create something that's different and funny like they'll give it a shot somewhere mm-hmm. it doesn't have to follow the same formula because they're willing to, to experiment right right
2: and there wasn't as many then because yeah. it was like the tv is the tonight show so yeah. get your clean set right. so it, it 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 sort of had a lot of comedians just doing this for, look every era has good and bad i'm not saying it doesn't yeah. but i can like i said i was in that era so i can speak of it but it definitely sort of uh, perpetuated a very vanilla Uh, You know uh, You know Generic Jerry Seinfeld Wannabe Everyone was You know Doing their version Of what he did And that's why I say Before you make fun of Like Weigh it out You know Social media When I say social media Or any modern day You know Whether YouTube Twitter Any of that stuff Before you And I always say The same thing Yes When someone says Something mean It can be bad But weigh it out Before you go That's the problem With social media And that's the problem It's done a lot A lot A lot A lot Of good Yeah. Yeah And, and people always, you know, I know a lot of people will complain and then they go, yeah, I know, I know. No, no, no. Lead with the good then. Mm-hmm. Lead with the good. <laughs> you say you know you know to then to just because you know in the back of your head just wave it away. no. No, 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 no. If you knew how much good it did, you wouldn't just go, "I know, I know," and then return to the complaining. And I think a lot of that is the reason why I have so much good comedy today because I think because of my nephew knew who comedians were. When I would go, "Not I would be like, how do you know who they are?" Because I was like, he goes, "Oh, I see them. I watch them on YouTube. or I watch mm-hmm. them on, you know, they have an internet show." That he wouldn't have known a comedian at that level. It would have been a just a comedian's comedian if yeah. that was in if that was in eighty four.
1: One well, podcast, right. Have and, opened and, up to like, po- not only can comedians have a podcast where you can get to know them, but they can be working on themselves the whole right. time. You know, so,
2: so I think that might have inspired a lot of you, you know younger people that maybe in the eighties had a different sense of humor, and you don't see that type of sense of humor on television. So you yeah. think television so can I like that's not what I do but then if you're 13 and you're watching guys like Paul F. Tompkins or Mm -hmm. now if you're younger and you see Rory Scovel on things or the list goes on and on of you know I of course now I can't think of names you might be 13 and going oh I that I think that's funny that's sort of my that's what makes me laugh yeah so I think that led a that's why I think there's this creative boom of a lot of funny people because of social media and YouTube and all that stuff so I think overwhelmingly
0: it's all great So I got to ask, in the 30 years you've been doing this, um, I'm sure you've had many many amazing gigs. What what, what would you consider to be the worst, like, uh, looking back, this was the worst gig I've ever had? Just from start to finish, (laughs) everything was terrible about it. Not necessarily your set, but just the gig itself. Wow. Um, Comedy clubs, nothing really that bad.
2: Uh, Bands, and I even forget the bands... What's the you know like what was some band that my Sharona? Yes. By the way, we'd be great on one of those shows. Give you clues. I'm ready. My Sharona. I think that's one of their hit songs. And I I don't know how old I was, but they weren't they weren't huge. Still, they were just sort of doing maybe I don't know what
0: you call it. They were coming back or whatever. The neck. That was that band. Yeah.
2: And um, they they weren't even listening to me. They weren't even listening to him. And I remember. Thinking in my head you can do without this money hmm. you can do it was the only time I thought just get through it you get through it I think I had to do 25 minutes and at 15 I went they're not going to pay me you could do without the money and I just went I, but however it is I just looked at the crowd I went I, I don't come on I'm not doing this and I just walked off whoa and it, well, I did fifteen minutes, and that, yeah. you know, it wasn't like I did two. I gave them, you know, I was still I gave them something, but they paid me in full. But I remember because they weren't even like they're yelling out, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty. I think I'm sort of a I can be a gentle person, but I can also be like, you know, a, 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 you know, I can rage can come out of me like yeah. like crazy, and, and I was just like looking at them. I just wanted to like just start. I'm glad I'm not a big guy. I'm glad I'm not a big guy. You know why? Because I think I would have gotten into so many fights. You know? mm. I mean, I'm not a small guy either, but I'm not a brave guy. You know, I don't want, I don't want to get punched. Yeah. I don't want to take a punch. So, therefore, I stay out of all fights. So, but, <laughs> so I, like, would, I wanted to go into the audience. One guy particularly... I was like, oh, I can't wait to get on stage. I just want to wait outside all night and just, like, <laughs> you know, my friends are like, come on. And I was always with a lot of people, too, because I was so young. So I was always with, like, every one of my friends wanted to go to see a show with me. So mm. I was always with, like, seven people wherever I went, you know.
0: There's nothing but, worse than, like, being part of a bill where no one knows you're on the bill. Like, they're there to see something else, mm-hmm. and then something else pops up You're just something it.
1: they have to wait through. Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, the
0: white noise they have to, like, yeah. get through before they get to the thing that they want to get to. Like, that's... That's that's why I learned some good tricks.
2: Like early on in my career, even at like 19 and 20, I I would be opening up. Some of the opening jobs were really good. If it was someone like the Temptations or, you know, uh, I mean, Temptations like Luther the George Benson, Patti LaBelle, uh, Diana Ross. Like I opened up for a lot of amazing. Those crowds were pretty good. Those crowds could be. Um, uh, molded a little, and one of the tricks was, and it worked. I would uh, introduce myself. No one ever stopped me. I would introduce myself. I go because sometimes they don't know how to do it, and I did it with that thunderous voice that they wanted mm-hmm. at those venues because they were like three thousand seat venues. I right, like, ladies and gentlemen, to, you know, and I would do it, and I would say, "Please welcome K- Patty Labelle's guest." Nah, and then I would go, "Hey, Patty's back there. Let her hear what she's in for." You know what I mean? Because that would be like, and then you're their bridge to her. Right.
1: Like they don't want to make Patty mad. Exactly. And <laughs> right. her
2: guest And I would always early on mention a joke that involved us. I go, I don't want to name drop, but I was with Patty the other day. Uh, this is actually, and they would and not do it. Was nauseating. No, yeah. no wasn't. No one went. No, relax. It was just. It was so subtle. And once in a blue moon, if somebody said something, which was rare in those situations, rare, I would go i don't know i'm a guest of uh george's i don't know you think he's backstage he brought me here wouldn't he want you guys to be being sweeter to me oh and the crowd would applaud That's because awesome. it's like i don't know he flew me yeah. here. <laughs> I, mean, he brought, I mean come on i'm not just doing a bit I, you know i was this, so smart I, mean, I don't know if i'm just doing a bit i mean really here i am at a hotel and you know, i did fly here and they brought me here because yeah. they liked me and I don't know if he's backstage, he, he hears you, you think he's liking it? Because they don't know. I think yeah. they don't, once they hear that, they just think, because anybody smart would subconsciously think that, wait, he brought him here yeah. for us. Yeah, And then they would, but most of the time, those crowds were awesome. They, those were just great. And And it was weird to be that young and experiencing the life of, like, you know, literally, like, I remember them, like, you know, you don't think this exists in real life. Someone knocks on your door, like you know or over the pa in the in every green room 2 minutes 2 minutes 2 minutes you know and then someone walks to your door and walks you to the stage you know Oof. and that was like That's that was awesome. that was exciting
0: that was real and being on the tour bus you oh know oh my god right You're only in for a lot of hurt if you're paired with, like, a band that's, like, kind of teenage punky or, like, you know, all the audience is just full of chain wallets. They're just not going to They're just going to be like, eh, we're we're at FU for everything. That's what we're all about. Like, there's no way this is going to go well. But, man, those
1: artists you just uh, rattled off are, like, entertainers.
0: Yeah, there were some – and I
2: would watch the shows, and uh, and it was – you know, it was – There were some unbelievable shows, you know, and then they were like in these like probably like three thousand seat venues and. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It, wow. was, it was really good. I would do like 20. Well, the first thing I ever did, I uh, the job like that, I, I'll i make this story in a minute, but I opened up for, it was the first time opening up for someone at a big venue. And um, th- there was this place called the Valley Forge Music Fair, and the owner's son went to high school with me. So like two years after I graduated, a year, I would see him out at breakfast, you know, in the neighborhood, and he'd be like, hey, you ready? Because he knew I did basically open Mike nights at that point he goes you ready to open up for acts at the fair the Matt Valley forge music fair and i didn't even take it seriously because I, I was like no i'm not i knew i wasn't ready for that and then like six months after that he called the comedy works because george jones um needed an opening act so then they the owner called me steve young and he goes hey you, you're gonna open for george jones at the valley forge music fair and they said you'll do 15 minutes which i was like good because i had 12 and I could talk to the crowd. You know?
1: <laughs> the first three is like,
2: they've invited me here. <laughs> yeah. right. You know, the funny thing about, and then, I, and then he calls me up on the phone, I, Jim McCormick, and he casually, not like, Todd, listen, don't get stressed out. I know we said 15. No, he doesn't know I don't have any material, that much material. He goes, yeah, you'll do like 15 or 20. I'm like, ooh, did I just ooh. hear him say 15 or 20? And then I hear his name is No Show George. When I get to the venue five hours early, because I'm so nervous, and they go, by the way, we'll get you on stage. There's a red light there. You know, just perform. You see the red light, you'll know you'll do five minutes. I'm like, what?
1: Oh, my God. And I have,
2: like, at this point, like, I get... Bad stomachache (laughs) Yeah I'm like his fucking name Is no show George Are you shitting me And uh It was fine I got out there I did a little bit of crowd work To fluff it out a little They were laughing I knew after two minutes on stage Which was a 3000 seat In the round room I think I'm 20 at the time
1: Oh my gosh
2: Maybe not even 20 19 And I worked the stage It happened very quickly Just going around And I didn't know I forgot the stage was moving In a circle So I would reference somebody I'd be like You over there And he's like I'm over here I'm Where is the stage? Oh my God. So I asked him to turn the stage off the next show. I said, can we just leave the stage off? I'll work. That is like
1: kind of a nightmare. It feels like the Hunger Games. You handled it well. (laughs) I I tried.
2: (laughs) And then the other one last little thing when I was coming down, there was like a tunnel that you went under the audience to the green rooms. Uh, George Jones was there and he asked me how the crowd was. He goes, how's that crowd? And I was like, I remember just all my friends talked about it. I came into the green room and I go, he asked how the crowd was. And so did some other groups, too. They would often ask me how the crowd was. And I remember thinking, like, what do they give a shit what the crowd is? Like, they still care about the crowd? And, of course, now I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you always, always, you always care. care. You always care. Yeah. And, and, and um, someone said the difference is when, when you care. If, I think when they asked how the crowd was, I used to hope the crowd liked me. Now I hope I like the crowd. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You know you're good yeah. at what you do, but you still care. Yeah, you yeah. care
0: how they are. I know that was a two-minute story, but.
1: That was a good
2: story It
0: was a good one I loved it uh, Let's do mm-hmm. Firsts Okay You do a different first Every podcast uh, It's a different first from life This is uh, What was the first time You can remember being sent To the principal's office At school
2: Wow I, I, I My principal His name was Dr. Rittenmeyer and I'm Doctor lo- Dr. Rittenmeyer oh, He was wow. the best He was He used to start every, The announcement every day in the, in the, Over the thing And at the end He would go And remember everybody Have a large day Wow! Wow. Right, so Mr. Rittenmeyer, Doctor Rittenmeyer, I think he knew, like I knew he was funny, and I liked him, and he think I think he knew I was funny. (sighs) And um, whenever I would walk by him in the hall, this leads to you know that I had a little bit of a, a rapport with him. He would always move aside and like bow to me. Mr. Oh, Glass, huh. anything we do for you? Is there any Mr. Glass? Anything we do? Just say, uh, oh my yeah. god, I mean, I'm good, I'm good. And then I liked that. And I didn't do very well in school, but I but I, yeah. that made me feel good and my teachers. So I had a situation where there was a I won't mention any names, but um. I've never gotten in one fight in my entire life, except this one that got me sent to the principal's office. And um, uh, this kid, there was a kid in our school that had a—he um, he was aware, he, he was—he was, you know, he, he knew right from wrong, but he was a little slow. I think the story was he might have been in a car accident or something, and and then he it left him a little bit slow. But he knew right from wrong, and there was this other kid, Tim. I won't say his last name, <laughs> even though we became friends years later, and he would tell Sandy, "Go hit Todd." Oh go my punch gosh. him. Sandy would walk over and punch me in the arm. Not that hard. And like I I don't... I wasn't a fighter. I wasn't... And he goes, go hit him again. And whatever it was, by the third time I go... I was like, God damn it. I go, Tim, I'm going to go ballistic. Don't... Stop telling him to hit me. He walks over. This time, he hits me in the stomach. And you have to remember two things. One, it hurts. Two, you can't show it because you're in high school. And mm. you are petrified. I, yeah. wa- I wanted to cry. I was like, it hurt. I was like... Yeah. And I went... Ballistic. The only time in my entire life on Tim, the guy that told Good. the other yeah. guy, hit me. I I remember thinking, getting him to the ground and going. Even at a time of rage, I knew I wasn't going to kill him, but I wanted to come. I wanted him for a less than a half of a second to be thinking he's not going to let go of my throat. <laughs> less than a half. I wanted it to be like. Oh, my God, he's not going to let go of my throat? I let go of his throat. You know what I mean? Like, that was the thing. I want to scare the shit out of him. And I was so fucking mad, no one could pull me off of him. Nobody. Nobody. I was fucking, I was going, what the fuck is the matter with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck? Why? What are you? What the fuck type of mental patient are you? Who the fuck does that? What the fuck happened to you? What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck? Get sent down to um, Dr. Rittmeyer's office. Mister uh, Dr. Rittmeyer comes in, sits down. He goes, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing all right. He goes, well, let me tell you something. You're going to be in a good mood. He goes, uh, Sandy got, uh, oops, Sandy got suspended. Tim got suspended. You're not getting suspended. He goes, nothing's happening to you. He goes, you can't ever do that again. You can't ever do that again. You just can't do that. But at the time of that happening, you knew who to punch. I I can't suspend you. Oh. And I was like, I even got like, even now when I tell that story, I get a little, because Then I was like, wow, like I was a lot of warmth from an adult being thrown my way. And I was like, you know, and then we talked a little bit, you know, and, and, uh, and that was it. And that was oh it. Oh my gosh. Fortunately,
0: he put on sunglasses, walk around the hallways.
2: I am the law. <laughs> well, it's funny because you, when you wear sunglasses, you can either it's either awesome or it's come on. Yeah. Doctor Rittmeyer wore very shaded sunglasses. Really? And it looked cool. Nice. You didn't oh mind it. He was six foot four, maybe six foot five. He was a tall guy. Always wore like three piece suits, and he was just a very larger than life presence. I, I have great memories of. Uh, I don't. It's funny. Like that's my memory of Doctor Rittmeyer. I don't know what other. People, I love
1: that I That's think yeah. great. If, Whenever I hear a story About a teacher Or an administrator Like that It really almost makes me Just sob Because mm-hmm. like That is such a hard job That shapes who a person Becomes mm-hmm. in such a big way It just Oh it yeah, really gets me.
2: Teachers, my brother's a teacher, and I have a lot of, I went back and did a show at my high school about five years after I graduated. Mm. And all the teachers were so nervous, like, that I was going to make fun of them. I, I wanted to do the opposite, and I didn't. I, I, at the end of my act, before I said goodnight, I said, look, you know, I know there's a lot of teachers here. My teachers, you know, I was not doing well in school. And in 11th grade, they probably started to know a lot about dyslexia. Yeah. They were figuring it out. But by that time, I was exhausted from all the tests. Yeah. But my teachers always made me, you know, like Mr. McElroy, Mr. McCluskey, Mr. Smedley, Mrs. Worth, um, uh, Mrs. Biazzi. They always made me feel – and I remember thinking this. They made me feel not dumb Uh. because when they talked to me in the hallway, I, I like, you know, they got it. And I think I also got their sense of humor. Yeah. And I think, who doesn't – it feels good when someone thinks you're funny. So yeah. not said, I can go, Oh yeah, I got their sense of humor. Yeah. And m- m- my Mr. McCluskey in so many words told me once, because I thought they would always like the smarter classes best. Like, oh, you have your favorite smart class coming in. I would tell him. and he would go, "You want to know the truth? They don't laugh at my jokes, like you guys, Aww. because we probably did. Like, we yeah. were in like the slower class, you know. <laughs> we probably got his jokes. Yeah, you know. Like he had one joke, Mister. Um, uh, where this kid would come in late. Are you at- sure you
1: went to high school and not like <laughs> some weird comedy? Play? No, no, no.
2: <laughs> I just got their sense of humor, you know. And um, it, we, we. Oh, what was his Name? Mr. Pan- Mr. Uh, Panzano, I think. No, that was another. But anyway, he it was our history teacher, and whenever a kid came in late, we had a bit. This was a bit. We'd all wipe our mouth and go, "Oh, those donuts were so good! Wow, those cream were delicious! Oh, the chocolate one was my favorite!" And you'd hear thirty kids all. Oh my gosh! And he started that, the teacher. So, like, whenever anybody came in late, whatever it was, ah, oh, did everyone enjoy the roast beef sandwiches I bought for everybody? Ah, oh, I love Swiss cheese. You went we- to
1: Hogwarts for comedy. <laughs> that was
2: probably my experience. I guess if you were in the
0: smarter classes, it like... It was
1: would, over your it, head. Yeah, it was, or it wasn't all...
0: You would get to do those bits. That's awesome. What about you, Vanessa? What was your first time at the principals? I
1: only had one, too. It was really bad, though. I... It was, like, fourth grade... No, third grade, and I... Started this thing with my friend Erica. I won't say her last name, but we wanted to have a boy-girl war on the playground, and we used our time in art class with Mr. Chufo to like secretly be making posters about the war and it was going to happen like, Friday on the spider so you thing. Had propaganda. Yeah, we and we were putting them in everyone's lockers, and it's like done. And then the teacher comes over You're just drawing a flower We've been been putting them everywhere And it was like so funny to us That this was going to happen But then I started to get nervous Like midweek Because there was like A little buzz around it Like people would walk down the hall And be like See you Friday Like boy girl war is coming And it was like Oh no the war is coming Like the war might happen And I was so scared But Erica kept saying It was going to be fine You know And then Erica didn't show up To school on boy girl war day And when that bell rang for recess... Went crazy. They'd been waiting all week to attack each other, and people started throwing rocks. Chrissy Bumbleo, her glasses oh, were man. shattered by this. Like blood was shed. It was all Lord of the Flies. I was so scared. It was. It was like everybody. It was amped, and there was just no rules. So they were charging each other. We had playground aides that were totally blindsided by like. What oh, grade <laughs> you in at this point? Third
2: grade. Third
1: grade. <laughs> <laughs> You were in high school. but I love the thinking of like the ladies with whistles that just watch nothing happen all week, just being like they organized,
0: they organized. Like,
1: and then when everyone asked, like when people were being questioned, because I mean I think Chrissy bumble was the closest to a really bad accident because of her glasses and she was bleeding, and everyone was being quizzed, like why did this start? And it was like Vanessa and Erica, but Erica wasn't even at school. So I had to take the fall and it was, I just sobbed and I was so broken and that principal's office like I didn't know the cave. I didn't know how dark it would get so fast like
2: did you get suspended oh, no not third grade.
1: no nothing bad happened they talked to my parents about it that were, they were very shocked but it was sort of similar that they knew I was a nice student like I was a really silly kid and I had known the principal and she was just like I just don't know she was like genuinely shocked like why would you do this there's like supposed to be flyers out like it all came did out did you guys all the have
0: to draft up like a piece accord or a treaty of some sort? Like I had what to write an of- apology to oh. the whole class.
1: <laughs> there was no treaty signed. Oh, oh, I feel so guilty thinking about it. Cole?
0: Um, I didn't start a war. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I've only been, I think, once, too. And, like, it was in ninth grade, and um, I was in chorus, and like yeah, yeah. yeah well there was like so you break it down by section right and ninth grade is like when the voices had changed and you know so like you actually instead of just being like in 8th grade or whatever of course it's like you're alto or soprano if you're like whatever but this is now like there's tenors yeah, exactly. and basses yeah. or whatever like the like stuff that started so I was in the like the bass section even though technically I was a little more of a tenor but like I was one be like could still kind of sing that but everybody else in the bass section was like fucking troublemaker or weirdo and so one of them uh, brought fun snaps to class you know those things oh, that you that throw pop. out the They that go like that just do that basically they're hilarious but (laughs) you shouldn't be bringing them to class necessarily and so mrs kessler our our teacher whenever she would have her back to whatever like he would throw a fun snap somewhere that would happen, and so she's like would turn around and be like who's doing this and they leave like little like ashy powder powder things everywhere and so she was just getting more and more agitated as this thing went on and so finally she threw them. Or he threw some more and a bunch went and he turned – she turned around and was like, all right, base section, principal's office. And I was like, wait, what? You're putting the entire – the entire – uh The entire section to the principal's office, like that, felt wrong to me. It was like so all the bases, she sent the bases to the principal's office. Like, first did you all, rat the guy out? Could have been. Well, no. That's that was the hardest part about it. Is like we went down there and they took us in in a group. And what were you in at this point? Ninth, grade. ninth grade? And like, I was a rule follower. Like, but I no. but I also wasn't a rat. Like, I just didn't like. I was like, why am I here? This I, I told her like the principal I was like, this sucks. I didn't do anything, but I don't want to be a rat. Like, you're putting me in a terrible situation. I don't know what being accomplished from this and so section
1: should not be in the little song.
0: So then they brought us in like at first all together and said, who did this, whatever. And of course, when we're all in the same room, not nobody. And then one by one, and then I was like, are you going to start doing that thing? We're like, well, Greg said (laughs) that like, like, is that starting now? We're going to try to see if it could break us. But I was just like, look, I'm, you know, I'm not, I know who did it, but I'm not saying because I'm just not going to, because that would set a bad precedence, Like, I didn't do anything. You should whatever. So we each got like an hour's attention, which Aww. like with that hour I was like pissed off as I didn't fucking do anything. I didn't write anybody out and I still had to sit here and like for an hour after with school. The bad that guys. was your character. I guess, yeah.
2: Can I tell you when as soon as you heard those this what did you call those fun snaps? Fun snaps.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought of
2: a great idea for like like a comedian to do Is that you have them In your pockets And you put a microphone Seriously on the floor Of the comedy club Just so it's like You know on the floor Of the stage yeah. You have a second mic Just over there No one sees it And then after you tell a joke You go that's right You just throw like Two or three <laughs>
0: down bow,
2: bow, bow. Yeah like the crowd Can you imagine Like I can see like Just he's taking it out After like a certain joke It's maybe a quick One line there yeah. You right. go that's right folks Because <laughs> there's no light That comes from it It's just a snap Yeah right? it's yeah. just a pop, yeah. pop. Anyway.
0: It's just a little pop That's why I wrote down fronts and abs. I'll let you take this home. Now I have something else to go buy and bring the clubs with me. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Uh, Let's do uh, my little thing, which is uh, build a movie. So uh, we're going to build a movie together. There's no budgetary restraints on this um, or time periods. People could be dead if you wanted. Uh, We're going to build the best ensemble senior dramedy a la Marigold Hotel kind of film. So just uh, whatever we can put together with a bunch of old character actors all hanging out. uh, That's what we're going to build. I'm getting nervous. But all I can just be do what I can do. Yeah, just add whatever you want to add to it.
1: it. I'm just going to be myself for this exercise.
2: Because I just got – okay – so maybe I'll let you guys start. Yeah, we'll no start, we'll start off. Because when you asked me what movies I watched, I got really nervous. I was like, come on. I, like, I, I know there's probably a movie I forgot, but I'm like, Super Troopers? And is there anything else?
1: That's all the movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the only movie that's been made so far. That I've watched. Right.
1: These are easy, though. Yeah. Because all you do is just kind of name people, and we together we uh, create a fake movie. Yeah. So Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. This will take place... Um, What's
2: Best exotical? What that, that one called? with,
1: like, Judy Dench, where it's, like, a bunch of old people kind of falling in love at a hotel. I mean, in I didn't see it, but that's my vibe of it. But yeah, Right?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of set up a genre of, like, old character actors hanging out. Falling in love. You're never falling in love. All right, so where should this one take place, Vanessa?
1: Um, I think it should be in Maine. In Maine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Bundled up old people.
0: Okay. Are you in the movie? No. Oh. It's in Maine, but they're going to... um. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I do know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is a retired sea captain. and, oh, and they're And they all live in a retirement home, but he, like, misses the sea. So they decide to all buy a boat. So they're going to buy a boat and fix it up. Who is they?
1: Who are his other people?
0: The people all from the retirement community. Oh, okay. so friends a, the movie is, there's a retire. By the way, I'm not joking.
2: Like, two, this was me in high school. And this is me going, Todd, don't drift off. Because I drifted <laughs> off for 10
0: seconds. <laughs> And then I went, come back and find out. So I think insane. if this Sorry, doesn't it penetrate place in in Maine, you, you're in a good place. takes place in Maine. It takes place in Maine. <laughs> place in Maine. Uh, there's a retired sea captain. He's at a retirement home, and he's got a bunch of friends there. He misses the sea, so they all decide to buy a boat that they're okay, going to okay. fix up and all hang out okay, on. Good. All right? And the, the sea captain is played by, I think of an old actor, Christopher Plummer.
1: Oh, nice. Kind of re- okay.
0: recalling his, like, sound of music, Captain Von Trap thing. So it's Christopher Plummer. How about Plummer. Eddie Pepitone? Yeah, oh yeah! yeah no, he office. can be on the boat. Yeah, he should be. <laughs> a,
1: he can be a crazy person at the retirement center who like has a background in like training weasels, <laughs> and he's gonna keep them on the boat for uh, rodent control. Like, because I think I think weasels. Other things? That's my understanding. So
2: he brings the weasels on
1: (laughs) to take care of
0: the other animals. I took care of the rats in the galley.
1: But there's weasels everywhere.
2: But he goes to the bar at night and tries to dance with all the people. Oh, with those
1: ladies, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's me, Weasel Sam.
0: All right. Well, we have our colorful supporting character. That happened.
1: I think, uh, what's her name from Sound of Music? Julie Andrews should be uh, a widow that thinks she'll never love again, and she's sort of frigid.
2: Oh, and she, the band one night, she's sitting in the crowd, does anyone want to come up and sing? And then she's sitting there, and because they work people's abilities yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah. And yeah. then she goes up, and then some guy in the back of the room sees her, and she has this beautiful voice.
1: But she's been so cold All movie But she shows this Vulnerable right. Beautiful voice
2: yeah. Oh And it cuts to Maybe the captain Crying in the back And he falls in love with her
1: I love it And then he has a flashback And he actually met her On a beach When they were ten
2: I But
1: she had to John Forsythe
2: maybe Because he's got better hair
1: Oh that's a good there choice go. <laughs> Yeah We gotta cast for hair You know yeah, You
2: gotta have good hair
1: <laughs> Peppa Jones is gonna be uh, Wild <laughs> just Free-flowing
0: uh, Candace Bergen's in it, too. She's, uh, she's a cartographer. She's a map maker. Oh, so nice. So she's excited about uh, going out on a journey on this boat and charting it. <laughs> that's the thing she wants to do.
1: Whoopi Goldberg was a, hair, a healthcare person from the home that's going on as their, like, on-ship medical assistants. Um, and she gets into some shenanigans.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> you lost wind. And she, woo, she really stirs things up. Anyone, <laughs> that, you're away. like in a writer's meeting, but you're a new writer. You don't really have anything, so you I'm just good throw in the
0: it
2: room, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, woo, she really. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, uh, People are like know exactly what shenanigans. Oh, wow, it's like funny
1: stuff, and it's like just... your eyebrows are gonna go up, up, up when you <laughs> see what she does.
0: <laughs> And I think it's simply just called Seniors at Sea.
1: Oh. Or no, it should just be called Seniors.
0: Seniors. S-E-A. Seniors. Does
1: anything
2: happen? Like, does the ship, is everything fine? It doesn't crash or anything? Well, it's fine. Not not deadly crash. The first two-thirds of the
0: movie, it's just a fun, goofy comedy. But then a real storm hits. A literal storm. Yeah. So they have to, like, really, like, the captain's been trying to train them, and they have to really figure out how to really man this ship, and they do it.
1: (gasps) And they end up on a desert island where there's a big, beautiful, abandoned house that, guess what? It was the same beach house that the captain met Julie Andrews on when they were 10 years old, and they moved back in because there's a for sale sign, and they put all their money together, and it's exactly enough to live there forever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. It's like and does Eddie film. Pepitone do a stand-up act? I'm He's just like, kidding. my <laughs> weasels can run
1: this place! <laughs> and there's weasels all
0: over the little (laughs) island
2: I'm kidding about how many times does Eddie Pepitone have to be in this movie Eddie gave me a hundred bucks to mention yeah he's been doing that with a lot of our guests guests.
0: Eddie Eddie actually plays seven roles he's like if Eddie Murphy can do it Eddie Pepitone can too (laughs) They're he all really up.
1: similar, though. Yeah. But one of them is a lady who uh, <laughs> <laughs> who wears a bonnet and loves weasels.
0: <laughs> I love it. She falls in love with it. Yeah. She yeah, falls in she love did. with the male version of herself. <laughs> so catch seniors oh. soon at a theater, theater near you. Near you. I have an essay. Your questions.
1: Oh, these are great. Have you what ever you? met an Olsen twin? No. Oh, okay. I love the
2: questions. They're, they're, they're hard to get different questions. Mm-hmm. The principal's one is a good one.
1: Yeah, I, I like those stories that came out. Yeah, I met good. an
2: Olson twin. No, I never met an Olsen twin.
1: Okay, this is called Late Night Table Swapper. Uh, what late night host would you like to trade places with at the desk and have them do a set for you? So you get to host their show for a night. It can be a show of past or present, but the contingency is the host has to perform for you. Like, they come on
2: and do a set.
0: Wow out of so it's like Fallon. A Anyone Kimmel. you've ever Oh ever. yeah so it could be Carson, it could be like it could be anybody from throughout the years. Wow. And I get to host their show. Mm-hmm. So I
2: would so you want to pick someone you like the formula of their show. I, maybe Letterman. Yeah. Letterman those guys still to this day write exactly the bits. I love uh what do you call when the when the setup to the bit is larger than the bit. And oh I yeah. think they okay. sort of put that on the map. Yeah. And they're very good at it. And that's my sense of humor. So mm-hmm. I think like so I like that, and I would love to see. I don't know what Letterman would do, but I, I would dance love to for see you. It. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you got to watch Letterman, and it's fun. It is. First of all, I, I always say this, but I should preface: even before he announced he was retiring, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I love Letterman. Everyone knows he gets the critical claim. I'm not acting like poor David yeah. Letterman. Every re- pretty much, he's always gotten there. the yeah. the <laughs> artist claim, right? You know, all the artists love Letterman, but they, you know, those people say this affectionately, but like. In the last five, ten years, he sort of lo- he lost his gusto. I never thought he did. I always thought when he's grumpy, he's grumpy. And that lets you know when he's happy, he's happy. If you mm-hmm. wonder, does he like this guest? That's also exciting because you know, oh, he likes this guest. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a woman that he charms. There's men that charm him yeah. too. That's why I think that's awesome. He gets he, certain men, you could tell, and women that he's like, and with the women, it's a different flirtation. Mm-hmm. But there's men that, so I always thought, I, I liked when he was grumpy. But since he announced he's retiring, it's like, trust me if somebody's listening and they go if you watch it and you'll be like wow it is turned up it's just him being sillier uh. and doing things somebody suggested from the audience why don't you drop things off the roof anymore someone just told me this yesterday mm. so it's my version they go he went up because he used to do that all the time he did it without being planned oh my up to the roof. they started dropping stuff off the roof it's like good for him so he's, anyway that's he's my, free to play yeah he's free to play that's awesome yeah It's funny, though. You think, well, he could have been doing that all along. Right. But maybe it's that he knew he could do it. Maybe now that he knows he's leaving, it's like, ah, let me. There's got to
1: be a freedom to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can just go off the rails a little bit. Yeah. Um, Okay. This is a quiz from one of your tweets. What did you eat when you were high in Lake Tahoe? You tweeted
2: it. Oh, in in Lake Tahoe, I went with Daniel Kino. Uh, I love it because there's one show and then you can go out to eat afterwards. And we went to this restaurant and whatever we, oh, this isn't really the story, but we, we, I got a, 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 just a, a simple steak and twice baked potato, which I'm a big fan of. But whatever we ordered, this is what I remember more from that night because this is the specificness. Uh, that, that whatever we ordered, I like when a waiter or waitress will tell you something on the menu isn't good. I, I mm-hmm. get it when they go to be honest with you. Everything. Yeah. Is, and but so at first we weren't like that's weird. Yeah. She was like to be honest, I wouldn't go with that. I would go with anything else. So whatever we said, okay. And then we ordered something else. She go, I go, oh, how's this? And she goes, Oh, that's really good. If the portions weren't so small. <laughs> so we were like thinking that was so funny. Yeah. And then we went on with our whole dinner and everything was fine. And you know we just thought that was really funny. Two things in a row. Then yeah. when we go to order. Dessert? She goes. Oh, do you want? You should definitely get for dessert. I'm not joking. She goes. There's a place across the street. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you? Sh-? <laughs> <laughs> like, she literally like. It, it wasn't saying something bad about their restaurant, but it was still it like was an it, even worse thing. Yes, like, even worse. Thing. Oh, you got to go across the street. Me and Daniel are like, is this? Is she for real? You know? Oh my gosh. I but that. that's uh, yeah. What did? What was my exact tweet?
1: The tweet was high in Lake Tahoe, eating French dip and a pretzel roll.
2: Oh, I maybe that's a different. That was that would be different. That was a different time. <laughs> he was oh, quite a life. French dip in a pretzel roll. Yes, it didn't come in a pretzel. That was a different situation. It didn't come in a pretzel roll. I got the French dip, and they gave us pretzel rolls before dinner or something. And then I cut it, and I put the French oh. dip in the pretzel roll. And that's when I was eating all by myself. <laughs> 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 at a restaurant. I didn't want to eat in the room, so I went down to the restaurant. I, like, tried to position my chair, like, where I could, like, be around people, but not have to, like, you know, stare at people all by myself. And then you um, stuffed
1: one food into another yeah, food all. <laughs> it
2: was so good. Pretzel rolls are the best.
1: Um, okay, you've angered a wizard, and you have two... He, he's going to punish you, but you have two options of the punishment, okay? Either you do... The same set, three times a week for eight years, and you can never perform new material. Ugh. That's one option. Or you have to do new material every night in open mics for
2: three years. Wow. This wizard's awful. Where, where, what type of room am I performing? Uh, it doesn't matter.
1: Well, it would just be sign up for open mics all over.
2: And the other one, where am I performing when it's the same material?
1: Just- you can pick. I'll let you pick where you're performing that. I mean, the wizard. <laughs> Don't the look trick- behind the curtain. <laughs>
2: I would say the same And I'll tell you why yeah. Because I could still Get more energetic it, As long as the script Is the same Yeah I could still get energetic In different areas And like more passionate In certain areas Scream a little louder yeah. In certain areas But to, oh, just to perform In front of bad crowds Would, would just You know And uh, I've, I've done night. it Yeah It would just I would I would take my life To have to go up In front of people That are talking And TVs that are on I, I can't I can't do that I would, I would, I would just I wouldn't do Good it So choice. I'd take the other First one
1: Um this is a kind of hard one But it's a playful one It's like the movie thing uh, I hear Wink wink You're getting a network TV show Built around your work And who else is in the cast And what's the show called So it's like If you were to make up a sitcom Well I,
2: always, I wanted this to be A sitcom for real uh, You know um, w- you know, I wanted to have it be a college. When I grew up, I had friends of mine. They owned a college bar. They owned three of them. They were called Smokey Joe's. They're in Philadelphia, and I, you know, this goes back a long time. When I was like friendly when the dad was still alive, and then the, and then the brothers sort of took it over. But the original Smokey Joe's on the Penn campus, I think it's been there since 1950. Oh wow! So there's a certain breed of people that do that. That do that. Like all the brothers, they you know they'd walk around. They knew every person's name, and they had like suits on and college bar packed at night during the day it cleaned up like totally different place people will come in for lunch but at night it was packed and they just walked around with a calm nothing really you know shocked nothing, nothing really rattled them yeah. and they were always like you know and I always liked it it looked like a cool like they were just like they knew everybody mm-hmm. and, and everybody liked that they knew everybody Hey, you doing the kids would come back from three years ago the Ryans hey they and but when the bar closed this was what I wanted my sitcom to be um at the bar closed, and a lot of bars do this, it's just not a part of the bar life that you see on shows a lot. Uh, you know, three in the morning when the, everything was cleaned, they would take a corner. And one of the one I hung out the Smokey Joe's, there was a fireplace on the right-hand side. So after everything was closed, about 15 of the staff would hang out. And the mm-hmm. Ryans would always be there. People were allowed to open up beers at that point. They'd have a fire going. Some people would be playing pool. But it was after hours. And I guess you could say the Ryans maybe held court a little bit. You know, yeah. they, the kids like them, they were probably 33 at the time. I say older. Mm. And uh, and it was an interesting thing that would happen there at night. And I thought the whole bar life of that element of it. So that would be the show. Yeah. And um, – Sounds a little boring maybe, but it's not, it's not. And I'm also meticulous. I'm the same person I am in real life. Like everything has to be fucking perfect. So I deal with customers, like, you know, go clean that table up, I tell a waiter. Meanwhile, the customer is like, no, no, we're fine. I'm like, I don't care, it's bothering me. Cause that's how I'd be like, I like order and I could just see going to clear some of the mess off of the table and somebody going, and they're right, they're the yeah. customer, they go, no, no, we're fine. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> like tell them we'll give them free beer i want to clean their goddamn table but um uh, not so anyway and then who would be in it mm. um okay eddie Pepitone would play no oh, weasel eddie, man no eddie Pepitone would be the weasel man he comes. <laughs> uh, who would be in it uh i'd have ron funches definitely as one of the bartenders that's great and um who else would be in it uh Alec Baldwin. Ooh. Yeah, he'd be one of my partners, like, in the bar. You know, he'd definitely have a present. In the suit, walking around, knowing everybody. Cigar after hours. (laughs) Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. By the back bar, telling some, you know, stories. Um, Um... and then uh, who
0: else? Do I have? To, is there more?
1: No, oh, you can be done if you want to be done. Okay, <laughs> that's
0: great. Cast it later. Yeah, yeah. what did people we'll cast it? Later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was developing a sitcom for you where you play an architect called Glass Houses. Oh, but, I like that. You know, do you have any oh. money? I do it. <laughs> I've got a couple of <laughs> mil in my wallet. <laughs> so let's uh, <laughs>
1: <In my laughs> from your chorus days. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> a lot of money back then. Uh, we did it. We made it all the way through. Yay. Todd Thanks for being here. You have a book. Yeah. People should get. Yes, I do.
2: Matter of fact, in that story, in the, in the book, in the, in that sitcom, which I really did, uh, 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 I sold that pilot to Comedy Central. In it, it was just after I I uh, came out, and um, I was hiding that I was gay in that story of the oh, sitcom. Wow. I didn't want it to be a huge part of it. Yeah. I didn't want it to be the whole story because it wasn't the whole story of my life. Some yeah. days it was a little part of my life. Some days I could say it was, if 100% of your day existed, some days it was 2% of my day. Yeah. It wasn't, and I didn't want every single show to be about the plate spinning of it. Right. Don't get me wrong. There'd be shows where it was a little bigger of the plot because yeah. certain days that happened. Friends coming in from out of town. But Comedy Central... They wanted more than I wanted, and I had to prove I was pliable. I added a little more into that yeah. the plate spinning part of it—that what we used to lazily say, the gay part of the show—and mm-hmm. then I added a little more. And then my manager said, "They want more. They want it to be like." And I said, "If, if I could add more, but then that's not my life, and then yeah. it won't write itself." It won't write itself. I'm creating a show that instead of having endless stories because it mirrors what my life was, Mm -hmm. now we're creating a fake story, and writing isn't my strong point. And I don't want to have fake stories that we develop every week. I want it to mirror my life. And so I said, all right. They said, well, if you don't add more, they might pass. Now I was hoping they wouldn't, but I said, wow, I'd already added more twice. uh, I was hoping they didn't pass, but they did. Mm. So it's okay. It's okay, but that was the story. And because it was a college bar even that much more I thought I you know, didn't want anyone to know about it. Yeah. You know? So I think one of my assistant managers knew. And everyone else talked about it a little bit, but right. no one talked about it in front of me. Yeah. But people thought about it, you know, where the beverage guy would come in and talk about women. And I'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you know, like I couldn't get it. Yeah. You know, come on, can't think I'd figure it out. He's known me for, uh, you know, <laughs> 10 years. I've never once come back with the story. I'm like, look at you out there, huh? So that was it. But anyway, that was um, that was my, uh, that's what I wanted to be. So the book. Oh, because you said the book. Yes, yeah, I yeah. do have a book called The Todd Glass Situation. Simon and & Schuster, and um, it's, doing, it's doing actually quite well.
0: That's great. Awesome. So people should pick that up. Uh, it's available on, on a lot of different places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can go to your website because yes. it, it's right there on the homepage. Look at you. You do your homework. That's right. I tell you, uh, which I believe is just toddglass.com. Yes. There you go. And you're also on Twitter. I am. I don't tweet that often, but when I get in the mood... Then, nice they, then they come out <laughs> thirty in one night. So follow him at Todd Glass and learn what he eats in Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're on there too. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being here, Todd. Thank Yay. you. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.